Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. We're going to jump into the Word together this morning, and I want to invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we are going to share with you this morning the concluding message in our series entitled, How to Say Thank You. Uh, we've just been approaching and now just past the Thanksgiving holiday, so we wanted to take a little bit of time throughout this season just to reflect on uh, the blessings of the Lord and call attention to uh, the, the, the gratitude that the Lord deserves for so many blessings in our lives. And um, the first couple of weeks we covered uh, that if we're going to be uh, Gracious, if we're going to be uh, thankful, then first of all, we've got to realize where our blessings come from. We've got to recognize the source of our blessings. And then last week, we covered the fact that if we're going to be a thankful people, we've got to recognize the significance of our blessing. That, you know, we can't fall into that trap of comparison and feel like that somehow or another we've been shortchanged or somehow we've been slighted because God has been good to all of us. Amen. And he has blessed us indeed. So today we're going to talk about recognizing the responsibility of our blessing. Recognizing the responsibility of our blessing. So I want to throw a couple of scenarios out there for you. We've been talking about this uh, idea of saying thanks to the Lord. And of course the underlying premise of this whole series has been that if we really want to say thank you, that actions speak louder than words. And that if we, we are really appreciative, then we live like we're appreciative and we exercise stewardship over the blessings that the Lord has entrusted to us. So with that being said, I want to take you through a couple of scenarios this morning and see if any of them resonate with you, okay? Um, the Word says that we're to be not only hearers, but doers also. So we've been gathered around this issue of stewardship for the last couple of weeks. And if you're anything like me, how many of you can find yourselves talking about things but never doing them? I mean, we, we rehearse in our minds how things should be. We contemplate the outcomes of our well-executed plan. But most of the time, it remains a plan and not a course of action. Uh, our staff and I recently, uh, reading through a book by Troy Jones, Recalibrate Your Church, we uh, stumbled upon this paradigm that, that he talks about. It's a four-step four process of planning. It's dream it, define it, date it, and do it. Uh, because so many times we can just spend so much time in the dream cycle that we never get out of that and see those things come to fruition. And there's a lot of areas in our lives, maybe it's that exercise program or that diet or those things that we, we talk about doing them for a long time and we know that the end of it would be something good, but we never get out of the talking about it stage. Then there's a second step and, and there's times that we might actually begin a journey but it's kind of short-lived, you know? It's like our five-year plan lasts for about five weeks, five days, maybe five hours. I don't know, you know. Uh, some, day, some days are just rough like that, you know. So for, for two or three weeks now, we've been talking about the biblical principle of stewardship. 
and how that we are managers of God's stuff that he has entrusted to us and how that we're charged with the same expectation of stewardship no matter how much or how little that we've been given. And with that in mind today, I want to encourage you not to simply be present here as we talk about stewardship, but that you would also be faithful and active in the practice thereof. That we wouldn't just be hearers of the word this morning, but that we would be doers as well of that same word. So, um, last week we spent some time in the parable of the talents, and we were talking about the principles that were there. And we're going to use that as a little bit of a, a, a base point this morning, a reference point. And we're going we're gonna to refer, refer to it a couple of times, but we're not going to spend as much time there as we did last week. But I want to remind you of a couple of things. You remember last week that there was a stark contrast in the lives of those who had been faithful in the goods that their master had entrusted to them between them and the man, the servant who was wicked and who was lazy and who had not exercised the appropriate stewardship over what, God, what the master had entrusted to them. You'll remember also that there was a day of reckoning. There was that moment in time when the master showed up again to receive an account of all his goods that he had entrusted to his servants. And there was an underlying principle at play in this story, although I believe it was understood in the story, it's not directly stated. But it is spelled out for us in Scripture, and that is this, and we can't leave this issue of stewardship until we talk about this one principle. And that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. And it says this, and I'm going to read it to you just for the clarity of thought today from the New Living Translation. And it says, now a person who is put in charge as a manager, look at your neighbor and say, I am a manager of the blessing of God. A person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. A person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. To rephrase that for those of you who prefer maybe a more traditional rendering of the text, moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. I want to talk to you about faithfulness today as an attribute of a manager. This, this Greek word that we find here translated faithful is found 66 times in the New Testament. And it's usually translated one of two ways. It's either translated as faithful or it's translated as trustworthy. But the overwhelming number of translations here in the New Testament is that word faithful. Now I want to turn quickly from the Bible to Webster's Dictionary this morning. And I want to define for you the word faithful as it's found here in the text. Faithful, And we're going to use some terms today that aren't really our favorite terms because we want everything just to be, you know, kind of warm and mushy and not really about responsibility and those types of things. But we've got to look here at the faithfulness as it's defined and it's defined in these type of terms. Firmly adhering to duty. See, with blessing also comes great responsibility. 
Firmly adhering to duty of true fidelity, <clears throat> loyal, true to allegiance as a faithful subject, constant in the performance of duties of service, exact in attending to commands as a faithful servant. Now I want you to pay particular attention to this last descriptive here, and this is going to really resonate with us here in a few minutes as we begin, as we continue talking about faithfulness. And that last one is this, constant, not fickle, as a faithful lover or friend. That is how faithfulness is defined for you and I. In the scripture, this word faithfulness is contextualized several different ways. It describes for us the characteristics of many believers of the early church. Often Paul writes in his letters to the church and he commends certain people as being faithful. He says that they are a faithful brother in the Lord. He calls certain people a faithful servant of the church and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's certainly a characteristic to be desired and it's a characteristic that we need to be sure that we are exhibiting and manifesting in our own lives. It's described in the word as an attribute of the word that the word of God is faithful. And we learn from the prophet Isaiah, he says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God will not fade. The word of God will stand forever, that it is a constant, that it is a faithful truth. We learn as well from the psalmist who says, your word, O Lord, is forever settled. We learn also that, there, that there's that constant nature that is assigned to the word of God. And it's used to describe this word faithful is used to describe, if you remember, the two stewards that handled well the charge of their master in the parable of the talents. How many of you remember that wonderful phrase that we heard last week? How does it start? Well done, good, and what? Faithful servant. Well done, good, and faithful servant. That, that one that's been constant, not fickle, but that one that has adhered to their duties and they've done the thing that was expected of them, well done, good and faithful servant. So church, today as I am speaking to you, I want to remind you that in order for us to appropriately exercise that stewardship that we need to be exercising, that indicates our gratitude to God for his many blessings is that we have to recognize the responsibility associated with our blessing. To whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. And I want to share with you and challenge you with the thought today that faithfulness is required of us as stewards of the things of God. Stewards of the blessing of God. Now, let me broaden your perspective on this for just a minute this morning and maybe expand your thoughts because when we begin to talk about the issue of stewardship, all of a sudden our minds just narrow in to a, a very narrow field of thought and we think about tithing and we think about giving and we think about what we do as it pertains to the house of the Lord. But can I tell you that stewardship of the things that God has entrusted to you is a far bigger issue than just what's in your pocket. Do you know there are people who run themselves ragged, who 
can't get anything done, who life passes them by and goals remain unachieved, largely because they're unattempted, largely because their life is chaos because they don't steward their time. How many of you believe that God has given you the time that you have? That it is a gift. We don't know if we have any more of it. We don't know how much more of it we have. But we have what we have and God expects us to steward that. How about your talents? The things that God has enabled you to do. The things that God has, the giftings that God has entrusted to you. He needs to be able to expect from you faithfulness in the exercise of those talents. In the blessing of the kingdom of God through your gift and your ministry and your talent. So it's not just about material goods, although that's a great part of it. But we need to learn how to steward all the facets and aspects and areas of our lives. We need to be faithful stewards. We need to exercise faithfulness in these things. I've got to tell you that, that I, I exercise faith, uh, stewardship in my time. Number one, because you have never seen a more miserable man than when I come home at the end of the day and I don't feel like I've accomplished anything. When I feel like the day's been frittered away and nothing's gotten done. So I have to steward the time. So I want to touch on uh, one last area in our lives over which we need to exercise stewardship. And then I'll come back to this issue of faithfulness and we'll close this morning. In the context of this passage, wherein Paul says that a steward must be found faithful... The subject of the text is the stewardship of spiritual blessing. So we've talked about time, we've talked about talent, we've talked about material goods. But in this passage specifically, Paul is talking about spiritual blessing. So you and I not only need to be good stewards of the material, good stewards of the time, good stewards of the talent. But we need also to be good stewards of the spiritual blessing that the Lord has made available to us. How many of you, because of the lack of time management and stewardship of your time, you find it hard to find a place to be good stewards of the spiritual blessing that God has poured into your life? Well, I'd love to study more, but I don't have time. I'd love to pray more, but I don't have time. Why? Because we spend all our time in front of the TV. We spend our time doing this. Right? So here's, here's, a, here's a wonderful principle that I've learned in life. Can I share this with you? People do what people want to do. People do what people want to do. You know, people come, I'm, I'm the pastor, you know, excuses, excuses, we hear them every day. The devil will supply them if from church you'll stay away, right? Ta-da, okay. And I hear all kinds of excuses. But what I've learned in life is that what people want to do, people will Find the way, the time, the resources, the means to get it done. It just, it is a undeniable, irrefutable truth of life. And when we say that we would love to spend more time with the Lord, when we say that we would love to pray more, when we say we would love to study more, but 
we don't have the time. What we're actually saying is we haven't prioritized that high enough in our lives. We haven't adequately stewarded the time or the spiritual blessing to make those two things come together in our lives. So stewardship is not only required of us concerning material things, it's not only required over our time and our talents, but one day we're going to be asked, I gave you Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. How many of you have received Christ? And one day, just like the master who came and required of his servants, what have you done with what I entrusted to you? One day, we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to be asked, what did you do with Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with the spiritual blessing? Don't, don't forget, to whom much is given, much is required. So we must recognize our blessings and the things that we've been so freely given and then exercise the greatest stewardship over those things. Church, as stewards, it is required of us that we be found faithful, that we be faithful stewards of the things that the Lord has entrusted to us. All of life, all of life. Now, I've said this several times this week, and you've got to understand this. When we talk about the principle of stewardship, our minds automatically go to the 10% in the tithing. But stewardship is not as much about the 10% in the tithing as it is about the whole thing. The whole of the blessing. What are you doing with what God has given you? What are you doing with what God has given you? Not only is faithfulness required, but can I tell you this, that faithfulness in stewarding the things of God is also revealing. Faithfulness as a characteristic in our lives is revealing as to the content of who we are and what we're made of. Now, there's one more thing. That <clears throat> there's one more verse that's very telling for us as it pertains to the attributes of faithfulness in our lives faithfulness is required of stewards faithfulness is a desired and highly regarded attribute in the life of a believer and as as it is how that paul commended other people in the church we also need to be commended for our faithfulness or at least be worthy of that commendation of the 66 times that this Greek word is found in the New Testament, there's one time in particular to which I'd like to draw your attention. And I ask you this question this morning. How many of you want to be like the Lord? How many of you want to be like Jesus? It's the aim of the Christian life. Can I tell you that the aim of Christianity is not to make more church members? The aim of Christianity is, is, is to make us more like Jesus. The whole thought process of being called a Christian was that the prerequisite of Christian is to be Christ-like. 
So the purpose, as is revealed in the Word, the purpose of the Word is to move us from glory to glory to glory until we are conformed to the likeness of Christ Jesus. And in this Word here, to be transformed into His image and to manifest His characteristics is the aim of what we're doing here. Now I want to read for you this Word from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. And it says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And what's that next line say? And God is faithful. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. There it is, church. God is faithful. How many of you want to be more like Jesus? Right? God is faithful. God is faithful. It's, it's an attribute of our Lord. He said, lo, I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's described as being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That faithful companionship. And now we return to Webster's and we find that definition there. Constant, not fickle, as a faithful lover or friend. Constant, not fickle, as a faithful lover or friend. How many of you know that this issue of Christianity is not about religion, it's about relationship? It's about walking in fellowship with the divine. It's about being in right relationship with God Almighty. And, and the Bible here says that the characteristic of our God is that he is constant and not fickle as a faithful lover or friend. And I want to tell you something today, church. Faithfulness and stewardship is the expectation. But remember, too often are the times that we make stewardship about what's happening around us. How it affects missions, how it affects the work of the church, how it impacts the church budget, how it affects the needy and the poor. And when we have that mentality, we become more like the one talent servant and we want everybody else around us to toe the line of responsibility because after all, what can we do? How can we contribute? But I want to remind you once more in this message today as I have in the last couple of weeks that stewardship is not as much about how it affects what's around us as much as it is how it affects what's inside of us. And the word says, moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. What God is saying is here is another way in your life through the exercise of stewardship, not only to express gratitude, but to cultivate into your life and into your character and into your being the attributes of Christ, which is faithfulness. Do you follow that? To be like Jesus. In other words, stewardship is another opportunity for you and I to be like Jesus. To be faithful. You know, this issue I said of stewardship, it's one of right relationship with God. 
And God is described in Scripture as being constant, not fickle, as a faithful lover or friend. And how many of you want to be as faithful to the Lord as He's been to you? Want to be constant, not fickle. You know, I think about it sometimes. You know, we, it's, it's almost getting near the end of the year and people are starting to think about their New Year's resolutions and just that, that fresh, clean slate when the year changes, the calendar, you, you know, you're going to throw the old one in the trash or put it in your records or whatever you do with your old calendars and then you're going to pull out that fresh, clean slate. And it's just a wonderful time for a new beginning. And in that, you've, you've made all kinds of plans, I'm sure, that, that are meant and aimed to overcome all of the shortfalls of this previous year. All the things that you meant to correct in life or you meant to you know, establish in life in January of 2017, you're probably planning a relaunch in January 2018. Come on. Now, you're going to get it right because obviously, you know, you've got to wait for the calendar year to change before you can start new things, right? And you've got that in mind and you're saying, you know what, after the first of the year, this thing's going to be different and that thing's going to be different and another thing's going to be different. I think about the number of times in my life that I've approached that new year and I've said, you know what, after this date, this, this thing's going to be different in my life. After this milestone, this thing's going to be different in my life. After this time and this period right here, some things are going to change and this thing's going to be this way and that thing's going to be this way. And Lord, I'm really going to buckle down and God, I'm really going to do this. And Lord, I'm really going to fulfill all of the things that you've been asking me to do and the things that you've been dealing with me about by your spirit. Only to find as we began in this message today that within just a little while the zeal, that sense of priority had just kind of drifted away and I wasn't as faithful to the commitments that I had made to the Lord as I had pledged to be. I'm, you, you know what I'm talking about. The first of the year, you got that fresh new Bible reading plan. You're going to read that thing through this year. You're going to follow that daily devotion every day. And the second week in January, you've got so many missed days, you ball it up and throw it in the trash and say, I'll start again next year. But in all of that, I have found that though I may fail him, he never fails me. He is constant. He's not fickle. As a faithful lover or friend. And I want to challenge you today with this thought that there may be some things, some areas in your life that you've examined over the last couple of weeks and you've determined in yourself that you're not exercising the amount or the type of stewardship. You're not giving due diligence to the things that the Lord is asking of you. And maybe there's a few broken promises along the way. But he's been there constant. And he's been there faithful. The whole time. He's never left you. He's never forsaken his promise to you. Even though we may have broken ours to him. 
He's constant, not fickle, as a faithful lover or friend. And I want to challenge you today, not to just be a hearer of this word, but to be a doer also. To go back home, to spend time before the Lord and say, God, put your finger on areas in my life. Lord, I know I need to be a better steward of my time. I know I need to be a better steward of my talent. I know I need to be a, a better steward of my resources. And certainly, Lord, I need to be a better steward of the spiritual things that you have entrusted to me. The great spiritual riches. And Lord, I'm asking you today for the help and the strength to manifest the character of Christ. And that is that of faithfulness. And as we demonstrate faithfulness, we've got to realize it's not faithfulness to the practice of stewardship. It's not faithfulness to the establishment of the modern church. It's not to the mission. But as we demonstrate faithfulness, it's to the divine person that gave his life that you and I could stand in right relationship with him. That is to whom we are being faithful. Constant. Not fickle. As a faithful lover or friend. You see, what goes on in the practice of stewardship is not between you and the usher. What goes on in the practice of stewardship is not even between you and the church. It's not between you and the budget. It's not between you and the missions department or any other earthly endeavor. It is directly between you and God. Because stewardship is not as much about how it affects what's around you as it is how it affects what's inside of us. And when we exercise faithfulness in our lives in this area, we also mirror the very character of the one we say that we desire to be like. And I want to ask you today, where on the list of priorities in your life is the issue of biblical stewardship? Not only of your tithe, but of your time and of your talent. Of stewarding the spiritual blessings that the Lord has entrusted to us. What are you doing with Jesus? What are you doing with the Holy Spirit? What are you doing with the promise of effective prayer? Are you utilizing those things? Are you exercising stewardship over those things? Are you cultivating the gifts of the Spirit in your life? Is He first?
getting your prime time? I talked to our guys, our team here at the church, and my phrase is prime time. Say, Pastor, can we do X, Y, and Z? And my, my answer is, how does that affect your prime time? Those, those little things, they're secondary. For our worship team, Sunday morning is prime time. How's what you're going to do in the off time going to affect your prime time? Does God own your prime time? Or does he get your leftover time? We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.